0: Happy Sabbath. When you choose a church, what kind of things do you consider? Is it the location? Is it the people? Is it the youth program or the children's program? Caleb asked those who attended churches and how would they they make a decision which church to attend And about 76% of people in America said they actually, the number one concern is actually the major factor is sermon. But what they want to hear is actually not just sermon, but sermon that is very based on the scripture. About 68% of the people care about, well, they say uh, children's program or youth program, program is a major factor. And about 53% of people say pastor is a major factor. So, I don't matter, okay? About half of them said social activities are important. And only 44% said music is a major factor when they choose a church. They did a poll among Asian Christians and 100% said potluck is a major factor for choosing a church. What would be the major factors for you, for your selection? How about, how about the name? Does that matter? Does the name matter? Our church leaders have discussed this issue many occasions. Um... Here in the English ministry side, we didn't want to have the, the Korean church tag. So we discussed it many times, how do we make our church more inviting to non-Koreans? Maybe we need to take that Korean thing out, or maybe we need to get a new name. Um, because our goal is to make the, the church more multi-ethnic. But when you attend a church, um, if the church has a ridiculous name, would you go to that church? Like your church has a ridiculous name. For example, um, what if your church was called Flippin' Church? There's actually a church named Flippin' Church of God. It's a church for angry and crazy people. Or Boring Church. Would you name your church Boring Church? Yes, there's a church called the Boring Church. How about Halfway Church? I know, right? I'm like, "Mm, worship at 10, rehab at 11. (laughs) How about little hope, church? (laughs) Only little. Not very hopeful, only a little bit, right? How about some biblical names? If you wanted to, a lot of people name their children biblical names. So if you wanted to give your church a Bible name, How would you name your church? Um, Have you heard of Philadelphia Church? Yes, Philadelphia Church. Uh, That's a biblical name. How about Smyrna Church? That's in the Bible. How about, what if you think of something like the worst name ever for a church? How about Laodicea Church? Huh? Huh? Would you attend Laodicea Church? Like, what church do you go to? Oh, I go to Loma Linda. What church do you go to? Oh, I go to Laodicea Church. You're like, why would you go to Laodicea Church, right? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful Sabbath, wonderful weather, the weekend of graduation at Loma Linda University. Lord, um, help us to Worship you in everything that we do. Help us to worship you in every accomplishment or achievements that we may have. Help us to glorify you and honor you. Now this morning, as we open the Bible, open our hearts also. In Jesus' name, amen. Revelation chapter 3, verses 14 through 20. It's about Laodicea church. We're going to go through verse by verse today, but before we dig into today's passage, we must understand the context of the church, Okay, of this church. The message to the Laodicea church is the last of the messages God gave to seven churches in the book of Revelation. The thing is that these churches are real churches which existed in John's day when he wrote the book. Okay, All of them are in different ge- geographical locations in the Asia Minor, um, which is present Turkey. So look at this map. You can see that these um, churches, all seven churches, um, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. All of them are kind of like going around in geographical way in Asia Minor, right? The book of Revelation describes the, the spiritual conditions of the seven churches. And what we find from the seven churches is that those churches will represent the, the church down the stream of time. Okay. In seven, seven specific phases of church history. So seven churches was a prophetic message. The spiritual condition of Ephesus or the spiritual condition of Sardis or Philadelphia would all be represented in those seven phases of churches in the history. Among those seven churches, we'll explore the seventh church, Laodicea church. You see, because we a lot of us believe that we are the Laodicea Church. It's so weird how if you can think of the worst name for the church, it would be like Laodicea. But guess what? We're supposed to be Laodicea. How does that make you feel? Well, let's find out what this Laodicea Church is all about. Let's take a look at today's text. Revelation chapter three, verses 14 through 20, okay? Verse 14 first. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, these are the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. It's a fancy way to say, these are the words of Jesus to the church of Laodicea, okay? Next verse. We'll read two verses, verses 15 and 16. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. This is what most people remember about Laodicea Church. It's like lukewarm, hot or cold. Right? And the treats get spit out, out of the mouth. You probably heard this part before. Um, the city was located on a high plateau, which was perfect to defend the city, right? But they couldn't get the source of water. So what they would do is that they would get, uh, they created pipes and they would get water from uh, two different cities, okay? First one had a hot spring and hot water would come. And the second one is actually Colossia. And would get cold water from Colossia, which was about 10 miles away, okay? So they built this pipe, this aqueduct, to get water to Laodicea. But the thing is, by the time the hot spring water comes to Laodicea, it would get lukewarm, right? And the cold water from Colossia would come to Laodicea. And by the time it comes, it's not... Refreshingly cold. It's just lukewarm. So, any water they had, everything was just lukewarm. But the thing is, the city was not famous for lukewarm water. We think that Laodicea, hot nor cold, lukewarm, but the city was not famous for those three, uh, just lukewarm water. Guess what? This city, Had apathy and 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 lukewarm like spiritual issues, and that's what we talked about all the time. But if you really look at and study Laodicea, there's way more about Laodicea than just lukewarm water. Check this out. Verses 17 and 18. You say, I am rich, I've acquired wealth and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are a wretched pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. If you think you've heard this this verse before, it's because we just read it, okay? Verse 18, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Poor, naked, and blind. Laodicea was a large city with about 150,000 population, okay? And the city was, like I said, not known for its lukewarm water, but other things. Laodicea was famous for three things. Number one, finances. Number two, fashion. And number three, pharmaceuticals. Okay? Finances. Finances. Fashion and pharmaceuticals. Because, you know, pharmaceuticals starts with F. I'm just kidding. So, first thing about Laodicea is that it was a banking capital. Okay? It was extremely wealthy. Gold coins. Gold coins were distributed from Laodicea. In AD 61, um, there was this huge earthquake, and it destroyed Laodicea. But because the city was very important, the Roman government contacted them and said, hey, uh, we're going to come and help you to rebuild the city. You know what Laodiceans told the Roman government? They said, no thank you. We have enough money to rebuild our city. We do not need you. That's Laodicea. It's wealthy, independent, and proud. Second thing about Laodicea is fashion. Did you know that? I didn't. Laodicea was a fashion center of its day. The newest styles appeared here first in Laodicea. It was renowned for the soft black Wool jacket. So, I mean, it was a very special and unique type of wool only found in Laodicea. So they bred hundreds and thousands of black sheep and the quality of the wool they would get would be just phenomenal, right? So all the people, they wanted to get the black wool jacket from Laodicea. It was like a luxury item, and everyone sought after it. And they shipped them all over the empire, to selling these black jackets. So, Laodicea was a fashion center. You want to buy the latest garment? You got to get the beautiful, black, made in Laodicea wool jackets. Third thing about Laodicea is uh, pharmaceuticals. There was a famous medical school in Laodicea. And it was an educational medical center. In fact, they were famous for their pharmaceuticals and ophthalmology. Okay? So they, they created this um, uh, Fergian ISAV. They came in either powder form or, or, a tablet form and they would just make a powder and put water on it and make a paste out of it and they would put on people's eyes and it would cure a lot of eye problems. Um, do we have, do we have Phrygian eye salves in, no? Okay. Not anymore, I guess. But they sold this all over Roman Empire too. Now Laodicea was was known for medication and education. So Laodicea was a center for finance, fashion and education. Wealth, clothes and education. They had it all. What a fantastic city, a city of pride and affluence, a city which was self-sufficient, a city that needed nothing else from nobody else. What do you think the church was like in Laodicea? In order for us to find out more about Laodicea church, we have to study Colossians. Isn't that interesting? We think that uh, in order for us to understand Laodicea, we have to go to Revelation chapter three, but that's not true. If you do a Bible word search, then actually there's more word Laodicea appears in Colossians than Revelation because because apparently, well, the, the cold water came from Colossians, so they were, they were really close, okay? But even the characteristics of the church of Colossia and the church of Laodicea were kind of similar. So there's one place uh, in Colossians where the apostle Paul is uh, writing a letter to to Colossians. Uh, In the Colossians, uh, apostle Paul actually says, after reading this letter, give the same letter to the people of Laodicea. So apostle Paul wanted the same letter to be read in the church of Laodicea. And these churches... Church of Colossia and Church of Laodicea were secular, godless, materialistic, and educated. Apparently, they're kind of similar, right? And this is what Apostle Paul hears about the Church of Laodicea. That they were rich, They were well-educated. They had not denied the gospel. They had not denied Jesus. But they honored God with their lips. But their hearts were far from God. They all showed up at church. And they all sang songs to God. But their hearts were far away from God. So, in today's passage, we see Jesus sending a message to the people of Laodicea. The people who are proud of their accomplishments. The people who are proud of their institutions. A church that is proud of their wealth, their appearances, and their education. Can you think of a church like that? Hmm. Loma Linda Church. As I was studying Laodicean church and studying all the descriptions, I'm like, that's us. That is our our generation, yes. But that's our church. Seventh-day Adventists always thought that we are the Laodicean church because we're the last church. And you know, it sounds like most of the churches in the last days are Laodicea, but Man, for sure, Loma Linda Korean Church English Ministry, our church fits the description. If we were in like a post office, in you know, a picture and all the descriptions of like the criminal, and year like, hey, that's us. Lomar in the church. Here is the words of Jesus, for us, for you and me. You do not realize that you're poor, naked and blind. Man, Jesus is calling us out. You think you're rich, but you're poor. You think you're well-dressed? But you're naked. You think you can see, but you are blind. You are here in this church, but your hearts are far from me. When I was in second grade, I wanted to become a missionary, so I gave my life to God. My God, when I grow up, I'm gonna become a missionary. Anyone, second grader here? Yeah, you can. You can make great decisions in your life, second grade. Um, to make long story short, uh, instead of becoming a missionary, I kind of became a pastor, kind of, right? Uh, and I, I became a pastor here in Loma Linda Church. You know what I used to wonder when I first came to Loma Linda, like my second, third year into it, I was like, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? I live in in the Adventist Mecca. Everyone who comes to our church, they're all Adventists. I never get to baptize anybody because new people come, they're all Adventists already. Do I... Do they really need me here? I mean, this place is a center for education, looking good and well-dressed, and everyone's doing really well financially. A city full of rich, successful, well-dressed, and highly educated already Adventists, already Christians. Shouldn't I move out of here and, and, and go do some real God's work? You know what I mean? In Africa or, or, or South America, somewhere where the people actually need God or God's work. That's what I thought. And then I got into my third year, fourth year, fifth year, sixth year, seventh year, Eighth year, it's my ninth year here. I'm like a super, 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 super senior. You know what I mean? And you know how I dealt with this issue? Over the years, I realized that there's much work to be done here too, in Loma Linda. This place is a mission field. This place is a ministry field. Jesus is calling us out. We think we are rich, but we are poor. There is spiritual poverty here in our church. We dress nice clothes, drive nice cars, and live in nice homes, but we are spiritually naked and spiritually homeless. We think we are highly educated, but we know nothing. Yes, we are Laodiceans. Our church is Laodicea church. Verse 18. I know you guys all look really depressed. So let's look at verse 18, okay? I counsel you to buy from me gold refined fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and sap to put on your eyes so you can see. I know I read this, but I'm going to read it one more time. So what Jesus is, so we're not doomed yet, okay? Jesus tells us, Buy from me gold refined in the fire. That means purity. What Jesus is saying is you need to be purified. Wealth is not what you need. Richness should not be your goal. Your money cannot buy you forgiveness of your sins. You need to be purified by me. Jesus also says, buy from me some white garment. Not the famous black wool garment, okay? Not the the design clothes uh, we wear or name brands we care about. But the white garment only Jesus can give. Because Jesus, white garment, can cover our shame. You see, without the garment of Jesus, we're always naked. We should be ashamed. Do you know how important this is? So, apparently, what we wear matters. What we wear matters. Not the clothes we buy from the stores. Well, Well, that's kind of important too, okay? We need to look good. And I want everyone, all of you, to look good, okay? But what Jesus is saying is that is not the most important thing. The most important thing is the garment of Jesus, which covers us. The white garment of righteousness, which covers our shame. So in him, we are unashamed. Nothing to be ashamed of when you have Jesus. That's powerful. Right? Jesus also says, buy from me salve so that you can see. So get some eye powder or, or, or the whatever paste and, and, and put them on your eyes so that you can see. because you're blind. Spiritual blindness is about being in darkness according to the Bible. In the Bible, being in darkness means not knowing truth due to the lack of light. Darkness also means being in despair without hope and help. But Jesus saying we're not hopeless nor are we helpless because he is the light of the world. Jesus is the salve which can restore our sight. You know, you can have all kinds of academic degrees and still not know the most important thing. So we need to know him verse 19 those whom i love are rebuke and discipline so be earnest and repent what what jesus says here is pretty much i love you those whom i love i know laodicea has the, has a negative connotation laodicea church lukewarm poor naked blind uh, we think of the worst church in the history of all churches, we'll be like Laodicea Church, right? But that's not what the Bible says. Jesus says to Laodicea Church, those whom I love, those whom I love, that's us. Those whom I love. Maybe it's okay to name our church Laodicea English Ministries. Verse 20. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and eat with that person and they with me. I'm waiting outside right now. Can you, can you hear Jesus saying to you in your life, Hey, I'm, I'm waiting outside. Richard, I'm waiting outside. Ultimately, Jesus simply wants us to accept him. And fellowship with him. The message of the Laodicea Church is actually full of courage and comfort. What Jesus wants from the Laodicea Church is simply let him in and dine with him. Don't you love that? Because you know, you know I love food, right? It's like when I do ministry, I do a lot of eating. Dude, that's like biblical. It's like so biblical. It's like that's what Jesus wants to do with us. Seriously, that's it? For the church of the last days? That's it? Jesus wants us to accept him? Yes. Simply, Jesus says, I love you. I want to be with you. in the Church. You know what we need to do? This is the most important thing. This is the most valuable thing we can ever do. Fellowship with Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. You know, Jesus doesn't kick down the door. He doesn't. We must open the door. The Savior is waiting to come in. What is your answer today? Do you ever change your schedule? Do you? I do all the time. Okay, I change my schedule all the time for the people I like and the food that I like. Know what I mean? Like, I'll change schedule to eat with you. If I don't change schedule for you, it's because it's cause I don't like you. <laughs> but I like all of you. So, if I don't change my schedule for you, then that means maybe I don't like the food that you share with me. Loma Linda Church, let's change our schedule to be with Jesus let's change our schedule to spend time with Jesus. To dine with Jesus. To fellowship with Jesus. If your spiritual life, if your spiritual life is just about coming to church in the morning,